Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and today we are in the conclusion of what has been a great series called New Fire. Well, we're going to talk today out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. We're going to see how Paul instructed Timothy to fan the flame in his life. And, you know, it's amazing how he tells Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. We're going to talk about that today. How do you reject fear in your life, and how do you walk in this power, this love, and this self-control that God has given us? I hope you enjoy today's edition of Awaken to Grace. Let me tell you something that helps me. Now, we all know Jesus is the head of his church, right? And, and I mean, Jesus leads his church as he led us this morning. But humanly speaking, I'm, I'm speaking in human terms. Who is, who is in authority in this church? Humanly speaking. Some of you are like, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer is. <laughs> I'll help you. It's me. <laughs> right? I, I am the authority of this church. I say what comes and I say what goes. If, if, if a man gets inside this pulpit and he starts teaching some kind of heinous doctrine, that Christ isn't deity or the word of God is fallible or you can be saved apart from the blood of Christ, Whose responsibility is it to jerk him off this platform? Who will give full account before God over this church? Now, we have layers of leadership. We have pastoral team. We have deacon team. We have finance team. We got 20-some teams in this church. We got layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of leaders and responsibilities. But ultimately, where does the buck stop? Well, friend, in a similar way, you're the authority of your life. You say what comes and what goes, what is allowed and what is not allowed. Do you understand? If depression tries to follow me, if fear tries to grip me, do I just say, well, that's just how I feel. I can't help how I feel. Is that true? I'm not to let my emotions, I'm not to let the circumstances of life, I'm not to let the things that are beyond my control, I am not to allow fear or anything else master me. I am to master it through the authority of Christ. I say what comes and goes. If fear comes upon me, do I say, okay, I guess that's just, that's just how it is? Or do I say, oh, no, God has not given me a spirit of fear. Go in Jesus' name. Why, why can I rebuke that and send it out? Why can I take authority? Because, friends, it doesn't come from God. Come on now. 
And when some of you realize this, that your isolation doesn't come from God, your anxiety does not come from God, your depression does not come from God, then that's when you'll get that God-given backbone and say, no, you go in Jesus' name. You're not going to take hold of me. Before I lost eyesight, I knew I was losing eyesight, but I could still drive. And there was one particular day. It was just a normal day. It wasn't anything out of ordinary an inch. And um, I got in my car. I was here at the church. It was lunchtime. I got in my car, and I went to Taco Bell, ordered my lunch to the drive-thru. I was going to come back and eat my lunch here at the church. When I got around Borden Park up here, something happened. I've never had a panic attack, but something tried to take hold of me that day. My car shrunk. All of a sudden, I couldn't hardly breathe. I felt overwhelmed. I felt fearful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I mean, it literally took my breath and fear, bam. Fear like I've never known it. Out of nowhere, it's like it was an ambush. But do you know what I did? Because I know the word of God. Because I know the authority that I have in Christ. Because I know the authority of God's word. I know that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when that fear tried to get close to me, I took the sword of God's word and stuck it right in its gut and twisted it for good measure, amen? And do you know what I did? With my mouth, I spoke out and I said, no, fear in the name of Jesus, you go. You are, I give you no place, no open door. You go from me in Jesus' name. It made me so mad, and I rebuked it in the name of Christ. And you know what happened? It left as quick as it came. I pulled into the parking lot, got out, ate my Taco Bell to the glory of God, and enjoyed it immensely. Hallelujah. And I had a great rest of the day. Amen? And let me tell you, There are many days that depression tries to take hold of me. And I'm not going to pretend and tell you that there are not some days that it works. It could be that you come to the church one day this week and I'm just not myself. I'm not saying that you pretend to be super spiritual or that some days aren't more overwhelming than other days. But let me tell you what I'm learning. I don't have to stay in that place of weakness. I don't have to stay in that place of despair. I don't have to stay in that place of fear. Why? Because God didn't send it. Amen? What has he given me? Very quickly. What time is it now? We're okay, aren't we? All right. What has God given us? Three things. This is beautiful. Three things. Number one, he's given us power. Do you walk in the power of God? 
the Greek word for this is quite beautiful. The Greek word is dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite or dynamic. I want the power of God in my life. I want the power of God in our church. And what is the power of God? Is it sensationalism? Is it emotionalism? Is it just feeling something? No, no, that's not what the power of God is. What the power of God is, is the ability to walk away from sin. The ability to to pray and your prayers actually be heard on high. The power of God is the ability to pray over others and see chains broken. The power of God is to please God. As Jeff was sharing with me earlier, Enoch so walked with God. Amen? Hebrews 11. He so walked with God that what was his testimony? That he pleased God. Amen? And and, and without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? But God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want the dudamus power of God. I want when I pray for things to happen as God so wills it. I don't don't want to be mechanical. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be routine in praying. No, no. I want the power of God on me. And the Bible says that I can walk in a power that is of the Holy Spirit. It's not of myself. It's of the Lord. Secondly, love. I love uh, this word for love. You know, in the Greek... Love is so exhaustive. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so incredible that there are actually five Greek words in the Bible for love. But this is not like the love between a husband and wife. This is, not, this is not a brotherly love, as in the case of Philadelphia. That's where that term, brotherly love, brotherly affection. It's not, no, this is what is called agape love. This is literally in the Greek what it would read, agape. What is agape love? <laughs> it's without any condition. It is pure. It is constant. It is stable. It never changes. There are no conditions with this type of love. And what it says is that God has loved us with such an unconditional, with such a constant, with such a stable kind of love that it will never change. God's love for you will never diminish. God's love for you will never lessen. It will be consistent, as he says in the book of Jeremiah, it is an everlasting love. Amen? So not only do we walk in power, dunamis, dynamite, dynamic, power, not only do we walk in love, agape, constant, never changing, always consistent, everlasting, never diminishing kind of love, but then look what he says, sound mind. Some translations say self-control. Some translations say discipline. We walk in the fierce fruit of self-control. Sadie, we were talking about this scripture last night, and she made an interesting point. She said, you know, love and self-control is exactly what we're trying to teach our kids, right? I don't know if it's taking or not. Time, Time will tell, right? 
One day I'll tell you what John Mark did this week, but let's just say he has a record with all the others now. (laughs) These kids break everything. But anyways, exactly what God's trying to teach us, love and self-control. But friends, it won't come without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's why you cannot afford to neglect the Holy Spirit. You cannot neglect him. How many churches, and I say this carefully because it breaks my heart. How many churches gathered this morning and everything went like clockwork? Every announcement, every song, every prayer, the sermonette, everything was just like clockwork. And yet the Holy Spirit was never welcomed. He was never invited. Do you neglect the Holy Spirit in your life? Just like this morning, where we carved out time to say, Holy Spirit, you move, you search. Do you do that in your daily life? Where you say, Holy Spirit, search me, change me, help me, empower me, guide me. Are you living in the power of the Holy Spirit? And I think sometimes we make these things too mysterious. We make them too complex. We think, well, that's for, you know, that's for like a Navy SEAL Christian. No, my friends, it's for you and it's for me. This week... There's a young girl in our church that I began praying for. And this week, and again, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, it's not mystical and it's not weird and it's not for super Christians. I was just getting ready for work. Sadie had taken Hudson somewhere and the girls were at school and John Mark was still in his crib and he was asleep and... It's just me and Sam, our dog. But I began to feel the Holy Spirit, just like this morning. And I began to pray for this girl. And it wasn't a prayer like normal. It wasn't a prayer like, well, Lord, just, you know, help her, Lord. Will you, you know, will you help? No. There was a spirit of intercession that began to fall. And I began to know how to pray for her. See, this is where the power is. I began to know how to pray for I began to pray in the spirit for her. And I began to know, even though my mind was not necessarily knowing each, but my spirit who was praying and worshiping and interceding to God who is a spirit, I began to know through the enablement of the Holy Spirit how to pray. And I began to feel oppression beginning to loosen. Now, is there any evidence of it right now? I don't know. I'm blind. I can't see. I don't know. But in the spirit, I know what took place. In the spirit, I know what happened because the power of God was there. It wasn't business as usual. Are you with me right now? This is, I want to walk in that kind of power. 
And what was so special to me was that it wasn't a service. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't music. And it wasn't, I was at home in my bathroom hanging out with my dog. And yet the Holy Spirit fell. And he'll fall in your home. And he'll fall in your life. You know, someone in church history, and I can't remember who it was, but someone in church history prayed a wonderful prayer. They drew a circle around themselves and said, God, if you're going to move, move in this circle. What if you did that? Evan Roberts, and I'll finish with this. Evan Roberts of the great Welsh revival of 1904 and 1905. There was a prayer that marked the great Welsh revival. And the prayer was, Lord, bend me. You know where that prayer comes from? It comes from the Psalms where David said, Lord, incline my heart to you. Do you know what it means to incline your heart? It means to bend toward. And see all the filth that we're around and all the sin that we're around and all the arrogance and all the pride of our society. It would bend our heart away from God. But no, you draw a circle around yourself and you begin to pray, God, bend my heart toward you. That's when fire is going to fall. That's when God's going to bring fresh fire from heaven. That's when you're going to begin to fan the flame. You're going to stoke the fire within you. And some of you here today, many watching online, all that's left are embers. But God's going to turn it into a blazing flame. Amen? You're going to stoke the fire. You're going to fan the flame of the gift of God which is in you. God's going to be glorified through you. I'm telling you, 2020 is a new day. It's not business as usual. It's not church as usual. God is pouring out his spirit. And we're not going to get distracted, are we, church? We're not going to get, we're not going to get distracted by this or that by politics or Washington or, or elections or this or this or this, whatever. We're not going to get distracted from all of that. We're people of prayer. We're going to stoke the fire. We're going to fan the flame. Glory to God. And as we fan the flame, God's going to take those embers and they're going to become mighty flames of God. How many of you want that today? You want to burn in your soul for the glory of God. Why don't we stand, all of us right now, collectively as a church, and we're going to ask God. We're going to ask God. We're going to ask God as we fan the flame. The Bible didn't say for God to fan it. The Bible says for us to fan the flame. And that's what we're going to do right now. Some of us, we're going to lift up our hands. Some of us, we're going to lift up our hearts. I don't care what you, but all of us together, we're going to lift up to the Lord. We're going to say, God, right now, Lord, fan the flame in us, oh God. As we stoke the fires, bring fresh fire from heaven, oh God. Draw a circle around yourself right now. Draw a circle around your marriage. Draw a circle around your children and say, God, move in this circle. Fan the flame, Holy Spirit. We stoke the fires, oh God.
We've learned about fasting. We've learned about stirring ourselves to prayer, calling down lightning. Today, God, we have such a desire for fresh fire, oh God. And we stoke the fires, oh God. We stoke the embers. Give us a new, a fresh flame, oh God, that will never diminish. We'll not neglect the fire. We'll not snuff it out. We'll not smother it with willful sin. We'll not smother the flame by walking away and getting distracted with worldly things and, and this or that. We'll not neglect, neglect it, oh God. But we'll keep stoking it. And every day, oh God, every day we'll stoke the fire. Every day we'll fan the flame. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, ask the Lord right now. Ask him how he wants you to fan the flame. Let me just tell you two, two seconds here. This week in prayer, the Lord showed me. I wake up very early in the morning. And when I wake up, you know, I've got these AI devices and, you know, where I can't see. I don't turn the television on. I turn my, I, I talk to my AI devices. And the first thing I do when I wake up is I say, uh, uh, you know, Alexa, what's my news today? Or, okay, Google, tell me today's news. And I listen to my headlines and I catch up on my news. And then I'll do some scripture reading. I'll listen to the Bible. The Holy Spirit told me this week, the Holy Spirit said, change that order. When you wake up, go straight to the word. Forget the news. Listen to that later. Go straight to the word. Now listen, it's just a little thing. It's just a little adjust. It's just a little thing. But do you know what I did? By waking up and saying, okay, Google, open you version Bible. Read Joshua chapter one. <laughs> Read Joshua chapter three. Read Joshua chapter five. And every day, instead of listening to the news and listening to God, I listen to my news just later. But just that little thing. Do you know what I've, you know what I've been doing all week? Stoking the fire. Stoking, fanning the flame. Oh, it's just such a little thing. But to me, I can feel that I please the Lord. Just a little thing. What little thing does God want you to change? What little thing? What small thing? But to God, it'd be a big thing because it's obedience. Fan the flame today. Oh God, we love you. And I thank you for being in our midst today. I thank you for walking in our midst. You encouraged us. You rebuked us. You loved us. You challenged us. You helped us. You gave us today everything that we needed. I love you, Lord. Prepare this house for Tuesday night. Prepare us to meet with you Tuesday night as heaven comes and meets with us. We love you, Lord. Thank you for our people. Bless every family, bless every home, bless every marriage, bless every life in our church today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. One of the reasons why we do this type of ministry, where we try to reach far beyond, not just the walls of our church, but we try to reach far beyond even our region, is because we want to reach people 
in a personal way. And so if you have been listening to some of these sermons and you find that they are impacting your life or they're helping you grow or they're challenging you to think in a different way, well, you know what? We would love to hear from you because when people contact us, as they often do, from different parts of the United States as well as different parts of the world, when people contact us and share with us how to pray for them, how to encourage them, well, you know what? That just means the world to us. And we would really love to stand with you in prayer. We would really love to know who you are and where you're listening from. So I hope you'll look us up, contact us, and let us know who you are and where you're from.